Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Harsinai with the gift of the Yud Gil Midus Harachamim, 13 attributes of Hashem's mercy. So Chazal explained to us each of these 13 remarkable attributes of Hashem's almost infinite forgiveness. And Rashi brings Hashem, Hashem, the first of the Yud Gil Midus Harachamim is, I am Hashem before, I am merciful before you've sinned on the path to sin, and I am Hashem after you've already sinned, and done shuva. And from here, this very first introduction of Hashem Hashem, we learn that the Rabbon Shalom is merciful and allows us to do tshuva, which is itself a remarkable gift. The fact that we're able to fix our mistakes is not Muvan Me'alav by any stretch of the imagination. The fact that after We've made mistakes, we've made the mistakes, we've fallen to the place where we've fallen. The fact that afterwards we should be able to pick ourselves up and start again is not Muvan Me'alav. But then, it's interesting because the very last of the Yud Gimomidus is the Midah of Vinakeh. Vinakeh, which means that I will, I will cleanse you. And there as well, Chazal explained, Vinakeh means I will cleanse you from your sins after you after you do tshuva. And so many of the Mepharshim are being metapel, trying to figure out, didn't we have this already? I mean, we already said Hashem, Hashem, I am Hashem before the chet, I am Hashem after the chet, and after you've done tshuva. Which means that Hashem is going to forgive us, Hashem is going to clean us off after we do tshuva. So what's the meaning of this midah v'nakeh, I will clean you off after you've done tshuva? That's what Hashem Hashem means. So the Maharal, in the Sefer Nesivas Olam, in the Sivat Tshuva, I remember exactly what parak it's in, one of the first few, definitely one of the first five prakim of Nesivas Olam, Nesivat Tshuva, the Maharal says that the difference between Hashem Hashem, which means I am Hashem before you sinned and after you've sinned and do tshuva, I'm still, we're still there together. And the midah of vinakeh is that Hashem accepts partial tshuva. Vinakeh means I'll clean you off a little bit. Hashem Hashem means things are exactly the way they were before. Just as before the chet, our relationship was so deep, was so strong. I trusted you, you trusted me. But after you chose what you chose and I became obscured from your presence and you didn't see me anymore and your life took a left turn suddenly. So I had lots of questions about why you did that to yourself and why you did that to our relationship and you had lots of questions about how I could let you do that. And after you've completely turned around and done all of the tshuva that's necessary in order to write things, to bring them back to the way that they were before, all of that inner working and all of the restoring of the world that was prior to your chet. So then Hashem, Hashem, I am Hashem before the chet, and I am Hashem after the chet. After you've done tshuva and you've restored, it's the same Hashem before, Hashem after. Tshuva has the ability to go back to the beginning exactly the way things were before. Vinakeh means that Hashem will also clean off just your pinky if you're not ready to clean off your hand. And I'll clean off your hand if you're not ready to clean off your arm. And clean off your arm if you're not ready to clean off your arm and your torso. Vinakeh is the midah, says the maral of tshuva lachatzayin, half tshuva, which is an even bigger chiddush. It's the final revelation of the Yud Gimel Midas Harachman. 
the final revelation of the Yid Gilm is to call the bluff of the world, which seems to say that this is an all-or-nothing game. That if you can get your act together and you can serve God properly, Hashem, Hashem. Everybody, everybody does chataim, everybody sins. Everybody hurts sometimes. But the notion that Hashem, Hashem, you can restore, okay, b'seder, that makes, that makes some sense. I mean, it's, it's a chiddish, but it makes some sense. If I fix everything, then it is ki'ilu, I didn't do anything wrong in the first place. But the final revelation that Hashem reveals is that even if you could do a little bit, I'll, I'll accept that. Which is such a wondrous revelation that I'll take what you can give me for now and recognize that if I'm patient with you, maybe you should be patient with you too. There was a bachar once came to the Tribunal of and he was totally not connected at all, you know, at least in a revealed state. Shabinarov was a huge gon and a big baletza. And he said to the bachar, listen, do me one favor. Your family comes from a very chash of a line of chassidim. And the fachot, you should just know that in your family, the minage is always not to say tachnon on Arab Shabbos. Erev Shabbos, it's already, you know, it's, we don't say Tachron on Erev Yantif. That's already found in pretty standard nuschos uh, of, of, of davening and, and Tachron. But in your family, this particular group of Hasidim, they, didn't, they don't say Tachron on Erev Shabbos. If you could please do me this one favor and not say Tachron on Erev I just want you to be Shomer that mitzvah of not saying Tachron on Erev Shabbos. And this boy was smiling from ear to ear, and he didn't, he didn't say shachar, so he didn't put on tefillin, he didn't do like, not say tachanun, like, I think I can handle that, you know? And so he thought he got off easy, and he left. And for a few weeks, you know, every once in a while, he'd think back to that meeting of the Tribune Rav, and he said, I don't say tachanun on Erev Shabbos, you know? I'm doing what the Rebbe said, I'm not, I don't say tachanun on Erev Shabbos. One Erev Shabbos, one Friday, he woke up, in the morning. And he saw that it was around time for Shachris. And he felt kind of funny. He said, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say Tachron, like the Rebbe said. I'm not going to say Tachron. I'll be Shomer, the, the Eitzah of the Tzaddik. But is it really called not saying Tachron if you didn't daven Shachris yet? Like, if you didn't daven Shachris, is that really called not saying Tachron? I just didn't do anything, you know? So he said, let me daven shacharis so that I can not say tachron to fulfill the words of the Rebbe. And he started saying shacharis. He said, well, if I'm saying shacharis already, I might as well take out the tefillin and dust it off in the corner over there, you know, dust them off and maybe I should put on some tefillin. And slowly, slowly, after a few weeks of doing this, slowly, slowly, he went back to the Rebbe and he said, Rebbe, I'm not saying tachron on Arab Shabbos. What else could I do? And the Rebbe gave him another eitzah and another eitzah. Because the Chabina Rav understood Vinakeh. That every person has a Pesach, has an opening, has some thing that they could do to clean themselves off. Something. Rahman in the Holocaust, the Jewish people used to turn their pajamas, their striped pajamas inside out or flip up one of the corners, you know, to make like a little uh, you know, a little uh, on the bottom, a little hem on the bottom of their of their pants, so that it would be something for Shabbos. So they could do something to improve just a little bit. 
every person can find something to sweep up a little bit. And Hashem is willing to accept. It doesn't have to be that a person goes to the level of Hashem, Hashem. Hashem before the Ched is now Hashem after the Ched. And now I've, I've completely restored things in such a way that it's Ki'ilu, I never left that first Hashem. There's not a single person in the entire world of any religion, of any race, who can't find something to do. You know, I, I had an occasion twice to be on a, a television show on Breslov TV, on Rav Shalom Arush's uh, television show. And one time, one of the times, a guy, called, they have like a call-in or like a write-in question type of thing, and so one of the fellows asked a question in English as a translator and said, you know, it happens to be that because of the direction my life took, I, I ended up, you know, I'm, I'm a Jewish kid, but I ended up marrying out of the Jewish people. And I had a few children, and the children aren't Jewish because the mother's not Jewish. And, you know, and now uh, some time has elapsed, and we're no longer together, and I've done some soul-searching, and I miss my Judaism. And, and so I was wondering if the Rav could give me eight, so like, what am I, how am I supposed to... Should I, should, I, should I teach my children about Judaism? Should I try to? I mean, they're my children after all, but they're not Jewish. And the whole complicated question of like, how should I do? And how much should I be involved or not involved? And Rav Arush, who I don't, admittedly, I don't really know very well, said something which very much impressed me. He said to the fellow, he said, before you get all complicated about what you should teach them this or that, like, he said, everybody in the world needs to learn about Hashem. Like whether you're gonna before you decide like whether they're gonna wear a Benu Tam tefillin or not, you know when they eventually join. Like, let's slow down for a second. Every single person, man, woman, child, Jewish, not Jewish, whatever, everybody needs to believe in Hashem. That's there's a lot of work there. You know, there's a, there's a ton of work there. To be mamin Hashem, to believe in, in, in God, takes a, that takes a serious amount of of work and thought and processing and removing the blinders from my eyes and removing the things that are distracting me and. There's so much that I need to do just for that. Before you start asking questions about what religion they should be, every single person has Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noach L'fachot, and the first of those, and the first of the mitzvahs for... The Jews and non-Jews the same, the first mitzvah, Anochi Hashem Elokecha. And there's a lot of work to do there. And so every single person in the world, every single person in the world, no matter where they fall into, no matter where they... This fellow was seemingly so broken, you know. He said, I, I completely disassociated with my religion to the point that I just, I'm just totally not connected anymore. I have these children who aren't even Jewish. Is there something for me to do? There's something for you to do. There's vinakya, there's a partial tshuva. Even if you can never fully, what the Pasuk says, ma'avos lo'yuchaliskon, that in Chagiga, is in the Shnayas that goes through, what are the examples of chatayim that are impossible to straighten? Once you bend them, once you become bent in these areas, you can't straighten them. The Gemara doesn't say this exactly, but, uh, uh, you know, it's not so simple. It's not so simple. A person who has a, a child, that's, that's not a simple thing to, sh- to straighten out. But, but to, to start cleaning things up, that you brought, to say, I brought a person into the world who believes in God. I cleaned off this one little pinky before I got to the next finger, we get so wrapped up with all or nothing. We get so wrapped, you look at the, the construction of the Mishkan and all the different parts, every single piece is so precious and it's true. There's a place for this notion that the Hashras Hashchina is only, 
It's only if there's 48 Krushim, not if there's 47. And only if there's the exact number of Adanim, and only if there's the exact measurement of the, of the various different vessels, and everything is so important, all the details that come together for Hashras HaShchina, that's Hashem Hashem. But there's also the process of, of, of doing it slowly, of vinakeh, of a partial tshuva. We should believe in the koch of partial tshuva.
Esaschar says that there's only two psukim in the Torah. Let's start with the letter Samach. One is in our parsha. Such an important yisod, you know, people who live and breathe the air of the base manager of the Baal Shem Tov, who believe so strongly in like what the Rishoner said, you know, the Rishoner said that a nun sulfit at the end of a word means that something, it's an infinitive, a nun sulfit in Hebrew, an infinitive is marked by a nun sulfit. And so, for example, if I learn Torah occasionally, I, I'm lomed Torah, so... So that makes sense. But if I do it all the time, if I do it infinitely so, then I become a lamdan. If I am a professional clown, I'm a leitzan, I'm a leitz with a nun at the end. If I'm a professional crook, I'm a gazlan. Nun at the end means to carry something down all the way. Even the, the letter itself looks like, you know, pulling it down all the way to the, to the nth degree, to the nth degree. Pulling it all the way down. So... The original said that in Yom Kippur Davening we call Hashem a Salchan. We call Hashem a Salchan. Hashem is a professional forgiver. Hashem is a professional forgiver. Shuvah is something which was created before the world even was manifest in any material way. It's one of the seven things the Gemara Msachim says that was created before the world. The notion of tshuva. The Yaivitz of Yaakov Emden writes in his Siddur Beis Yaakov that the reason that bracha of is followed immediately by uh, which is essentially the bracha of tshuva is that as soon as Hashem gives humanity das to be able to decide what they want to do it's inevitable that we're going to make mistakes if there's going to be a world, the world is basically a breeding grounds for people making mistakes. And so immediately after Hashem gives us das, the capacity to choose free will, to, to see this is good, this is bad, this is desirable, this is not desirable, it's inevitable that we're sometimes going to make mistakes. And so therefore immediately followed by atachonim ladam das comes this mitzvah, of, this, this bracha of, of, of tshuva. So people who live in this world of Hashem being a professional forgiver, we can sometimes fall prey, especially we live in a generation, myself included, we, I'm alive, Baruch Hashem, we live in a generation where we need a lot of chizuk, and we deserve a lot of chizuk, you know. We ran, even if we don't remember the whole thing, we're, <coughs> we're the final stages of a long marathon that's been running for 2,000 years, and we're tired. And when you get to the end of the marathon, you need someone to cheer you on. You need a lot of chizuk. And so Tzadikim came along and told us, Ein shum Musr b'ni altimas. Don't reject the Musr of b'ni, you're my son. And all, all these different chizukim in order to let us know that no matter what we do, there's nothing, as, there's nothing called too far gone, and there's never anything called too late, and these things don't exist. And, person, no matter how, fall they, how far they fall in the... It's important to recognize that all of those... As I, I think I only realized this maybe four or five years ago. Because I've been learning a lot of these farm my whole life. 
my Rebbe Weinberger once told me, he said, David, he said, learn everything. I know you like to learn everything, but he said, learn everything, which I'm into that. But he said, learn everything, but he said, make sure that you learn not what you want, but what you're needed for. Make sure you have plenty of Torah that you learn also, that you learn Torah that you're needed for, which has been very wise advice and very helpful in my own personal service of God and my own personal service of Am Yisrael. That despite if a person is attracted to learning certain areas of halacha or certain areas of, of study, it's important to know. And so for many years I've been learning these types of svarim. And it only dawned on me like two, three, four years ago, uh, four, about four years ago, that sometimes when we're saying these diburim of Hashem is a salchan, he's a professional forgiver, and you know, it's never too late and you've never gone too far, that we can sometimes hear that with like, if we translate that in our own mind into our own avoda, the translation of that is something, I mean, we don't hear it like this actively because then that would be laughable, but we hear it something to the effect of like, it's okay, you can keep, you can keep going, you can keep doing a virus, like, Shem is forever patient. We take it as like a license to go weiter with our own narsh instead of doing something, because like, Shem is infinitely forgiving and I'll get around to it eventually and, you know, and I do some good things and, and that's, those are true. Shem is infinitely forgiving and, you, and the good things that you're doing are especially at the end of time, our, our, you know, Chaim Vital was told by his Rebbe Darisal, and this is going back quite a few years, you know, uh, was told by Rebbe Chaim Vital that when he puts on tefillin in the morning, the type of Roshan that it makes at this point in history when things have gotten so bad, this is Darisal, you know, this is quite a long time ago, a few things have happened since then, that when you put on tefillin in the morning, it's creating such nachas roch on high, it's mamish like the same effect in Shemayim as when Rabbi Akiva got the, tefill, the place of his tefillin filleted off of his flesh by the Romans. Just by you putting on tefillin, stop. What does that mean for us putting on tefillin? So, it, that's all true. All of those things are true. Our avode is so precious. It's so precious. There's so few of us who are... It's, pre, it's precious. And as flawed as, as it is. But I don't, I don't think this is exactly the way B'nai Sashar meant it, but there's only two psukim in the Torah that begin with the letter Samach. One is in Perak Lamed Beis, I have to find it. Perak Lamed Beis, Pasuk Ches. When Moshe Rabbeinu comes down after the Jewish people have sinned in the Egel, says, The path that you've commanded them, they've, they've abandoned it very quickly. The other Pasuk, which starts with a Samach, is the Pasuk that we say, I mean, some people say it uh, every day. I was just talking to one of the guys about this. In Nusach Sfar, they say, Vido in Tachanun every day. I remember I was just talking to someone, someone davened by the Kotel recently, and it's like, they were saying vidoy, So the Pasuk that we say, certainly during the Sersimei Tshuva a lot, and for others we say every day, we say, Slachna la'avon ha'am hazeh. Remember those words? Slachna la'avon ha'am hazeh. Forgive the 
the transgression of this people. So the Bnei Sasser says that both of these psukim, Sarumaher uh, saru and Slachna, begin with the letter Samach because Samach has no beginning and no end. Has no beginning and no end. And he says it almost in the opposite way, in the same way, in the same way that all of, all of these teachings, which are Emes Lamito and Animamin, Bevunishlim, and every single one of them, and they're the oxygen that allows my lifeblood to continue to pump effectively through my body. The, the B'nai Sashkar says it in a way of, you know, no matter how far you've fallen, there's no beginning and no end to how deep sin is. Saru Maher. Quickly and deeply, the Jewish people fell by the Chirei Ego. But as deep and as far, as infinite as the fall could possibly be, because there's no beginning or end of the letter Samach, there's also no beginning and no end to how deep Hashem's forgiveness goes. Slachna la'avona amazah. It goes infinitely deep. But I want to reverse it for now, in this, in this minute. That because we have this infinite wellspring of, of forgiveness at our fingertips, that's been revealed by the tzaddikim, you should know that it's possible that if not utilized with care, it could lead a person to deeper and to... And that's a shame because... Remember what the Gemara says? The Gemara says in Mesechus of that there were certain... Three different occasions in Mesechus of The Gemara says there was a certain person who went off in a direction in a direction which was uh, dubious in probably all three of the Gimel uh, Yarg Valyavors, one of them with Gilei Arayas, one with Shvi Chazdamim, one with Avodah Zara, different Mahalchim in not serving Hashem. And each one of them did tshuva at this very high level. The most famous of them is Rabbi Lezer ben Durdaya. And a Baskel comes out and says, they're mezum in l'chayim haba. And in each of those three places, Rabbi Yehuda Anasi sits and he cries. And he says, Yesh kona olamo. There's a person who's kona olamo b'sha achas, in a single moment. And there's another person who takes a whole lifetime to acquire their place in the world to come. And some Sfarim explain that the reason Rabbi Yehuda Anasi is crying is not because, oh wow, look, this guy figured out how to do the cheat code to get into Olam and look at me, I had to work so hard to get in. That's not, that's, Rabbi Yehuda Anasi was not crying about that. He was crying for the person. He was saying, maybe you figured out how to get into Olam Haba, Bashah Achas, but you robbed yourself of a whole lifetime of simcha and joy, of serving Hashem, Naki, completely clean, completely free of beating yourself up and all of this negativity that you're foisting upon yourself unnecessarily because it's true that Hashem is infinitely forgiven, forgiving. And it's true that Basof, every individual Jew, and Am Yisrael, we're going we're gonna to get to the finish line, we're going to do tshuva. But, how sad it is, how, how painful it is, when we're only able to get those shah, achas moments, when po v'sham, we get to feel, ah, you know, I'm doing something here which is, which is eternal, which is meaningful, which is, which is so profound. And so we shouldn't use salachna la'avona amazeh, the infinite, never-ending, no rosh, no toch, no sof, samach, aslachna, to come to a place of sarumaher. We quickly go away from, from service of Hashem.
because we know that there'll be another Devrila Kim next week where we'll come together and we'll learn that Hashem is infinitely forgiving. Don't be so, so saru maher. And me too. We shouldn't be so saru maher. We should hold on to these moments, not as Shah Achas, but maybe also on Arab Shabbos, we should still hold on to the feeling of serving Hashem properly and on Shabbos as well and Sunday as well. Hashem is a Salchan, but there's also, because Hashem is a Salchan, there's no end to how, how far we could fall. And Hashem will pick us up even from there, but there's no end to how far we could fall. In fact, the giving of the Torah, the Chira Egel, the Torah from the Or Chaim HaKadosh that I, that I think about a lot this time of year, the Or Chaim HaKadosh asks a very simple question. Or Chaim HaKadosh says, Moshe Rabbeinu went up 40 days to be Makabal the Torah. Now, Hashem knows how to count 40 days, and Moshe knew how to count 40 days, but Am Yisrael didn't know how to count 40 days. They messed up the count. Now, even though it was a mistake, and it was an honest mistake, they messed up the count, and they got very nervous, Hashem saw that the Jewish people were getting nervous. Now, let's think about what Hashem was doing up there for those 40 days with Moshe Rabbeinu. It says the Rechaim HaKadosh, there are four ways of learning Torah. There are four levels of Torah, four strata of learning Torah. And every day, Moshe Rabbeinu was learning another one of the different stratas of learning Torah. So for the first 10 days, says the Orchayim HaKadosh, this is an Orchayim, this is Orchayim very, very respected source. The Orchayim HaKadosh says, for the first 10 days, Moshe Rabbeinu was learning Pshat, in the Torah. He was learning Malchus of Pshat and then Yesod of Pshat. He was working his way all the way up through the ten Sviros. The Koma Shlema of Pshat in the Torah. And then, the next ten days, Moshe Rabbeinu was learning the Ramazim. Or maybe the Drashos, depends on the order. Machokas. The Drashos. And then the next ten days, the Ramazim. Leisman Depalag, everyone agrees, the last ten days Days 31 through 40 were all spent on Sod. And so Moshe Rabbeinu is learning when he comes to this point of the last day. And Hashem has calculated and re- realizes the Jewish people are about to make the Chira Egal. And so Kiviyachal, says the Rechaim Kadosh, Hashem made the following Shikul Hadas. He made the following kind of like cost-benefit analysis. I could either give Moshe Rabbeinu Keser Shabbosod, meaning like the highest, highest secrets of the Torah, that almost no human being is worthy of ever studying, and maybe, you know, one in a million people will study, and save the Jewish people from this horrible tragedy of the Chede Egel so soon after what Chazal referred to as the Jewish people making eyes at somebody other than Hashem under the chuppah. We're standing under the chuppah, Hashem is the chassan, Amisah is the kala. And the kala under the chuppah is looking at the best man over there. So the egel is this horrible tragedy that plagues the Jewish people And Hashem could either decide to give these most esoteric, almost unfathomable, certainly not in the curriculum in yeshiva's, regular yeshiva study, Secrets of Torah, or and, and stop the Chede Egel, or he could give the Torah that 40th day, that extra day, 
and the eagle is going to happen. What the Orachayim Kadosh says is, you see from the fact that Hashem let the eagle happen, that Hashem said, once you have the Torah, there's no fear anymore. This is what the Orachayim Kadosh says, you know, by Mitzrayim, we're on the 49th level of Tumah. We're on the 49th level of Tumah. And we had to get out of there quickly before we fell into the 50th level, because once we fell into the 50th level, we'd never come out. Or Chaim HaKadosh says, that's before we got the Torah. But after we got the Torah, we could fall into the 50th level. Because now we have the tools of how to get out. We have Slach We have the Torah, which can help us to dig out of even the deepest place. But you know how scary that is? I'm sorry for inverting all of these teachings right now, but you know how scary that is? That because we have the Torah, and because we have these teachings from the Rishner and from these other tzaddikim, from the Bnei Saschar, that means that we can fall deep. We can fall very deep if we're not careful. It's possible to fall very, very deep. And we can get out. Of course we can get out. But a person has to know that knowledge of the fact that we could be forgiven and that we could do again and sheva yipol tzaddik v'kam doesn't mean that we should look forward to the next time we fall or that we should tell ourselves it's okay to keep falling. Mitzad echad, it's human to fall. And it is okay to fall. But also, the geula depends upon the fact, like the Ishbitzer's son said, the Beis Yaakov said, that Hashem took us, mitachas sivlos eres Mitzrayim, Hashem took us out from the, from the, the burdens of Mitzrayim. The Beis Yaakov interpreted the word Sivlos Eretz Mitzrayim as like Savlanut. Hashem took us out of being patient with Eretz Mitzrayim, with that constricted way of living. On the one hand, a person needs to have patience, needs to be patient with themselves in terms of their way of living and living in the world of half tshuva. On the other hand, a person has to, from time to time, not have savlanut and say, I'm not being patient anymore. I'm taking what's mine. And what's mine is Kedusha and Tahara. What's mine is becoming a great person, becoming a, a, a person who's, who's living the Chathila, who's living at a, at a level. Now, again, this doesn't mean, this doesn't mean Khalil, no one should think this, and, and I don't think anybody here does think this because you know me. This doesn't mean uh, that you should drop out of your job and come back to yeshiva full-time. It means that you should do your job in the way which is the highest gilu of Hashem. It doesn't mean that I should ignore my children when I come home and go and sit and meditate on the divine. That's not what I'm saying, God forbid. It doesn't mean that all of you should stay shana bed, gimel, dalad, hevav, and never go and get a job and go to university. God forbid. What it means is you should do what you're doing as a parent and as an employee and as a student in university one day, and as a person playing a game of basketball, and as a person sitting in the dining room eating lunch, and as a person taking a shower, and a person getting dressed, everything that we're doing should be done in a way where we're megala, the highest level, we're not sovel anymore, that there should be me when I'm learning dafiomi in the morning, and then after that there's another, there's a different me. Can't be sovel that anymore. And my life is fractured into all these different parts. There's me when I'm in the gym, there's me when I'm davening mincha. There's me when I'm in all these different... I just want it to be one thing. 
I just want it to be one thing. I'm tired of it being, I can't be so well, I can't be patient anymore with that. And sometimes, like the Piazzetz they wrote in Sava Zeros, what's keeping us patient is the fact that we have moments of charata and we say, Hashem has forgiven me. And we get stuck in the cycle of, because Hashem is there to forgive me, He'll always be there to pick up the pieces. So it's a very delicate balance. I know that I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm fully aware of it. But we have to daven and we have to break our hearts to say, besimcha, besimcha, that we have to know how to balance being patient with ourselves and being impatient with ourselves. How to be able to recognize and appreciate and to cherish and to thank Hashem for the infinite forgiveness that He's willing to give us, but to recognize also that saru maher, that knowing that Hashem forgives us also gives us license, not really license, but gives us the appearance of having license to just fall away because Hashem will always take us back. Hashem should give us the wisdom to know how to be mitzarif the osios, to put together the letters in such a way where we know how to rely on Hashem's slicha when it's necessary, but to also recognize that, and I'll end with this, as one of the tzaddikim said, can't remember right now offhand, I'm embarrassed to say when I say it's one of the tzaddikim, it might be me, I'm, this might be a chiddush, I'm not, I don't remember, I remember giving the shir, and I remember where I said it, but I don't remember if I saw it somewhere, it was my own, but v'amich kulam tzaddikim, v'amich kulam tzaddikim, um, Pasuk says, Shivisi Hashem Negdi Tamid. Shivisi Hashem Negdi Tamid. This is such a deep teaching. Whoever said it should be blessed. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I saw it somewhere. Shivisi Hashem Negdi Tamid. What does it mean, Shivisi Hashem Negdi Tamid? So there's a tzaddik who said, Shivisi Hashem Negdi Tamid means that I should place Hashem. What's Hashem? Hashem is Yud, Yud and Hei and Vav and Hei. The name, the name of Hashem, Yud, Hei and Vav, Hei. Which is the shame of Rachman. It's the shame of patience. It's the shame of Tshuva. It's the shame that we're talking about. Hashem, Hashem. Shivisi Hashem. I placed Hashem, that name of Hashem, that Rachmanus of Hashem, that patience, infinite slich of Hashem, Linegdi Tamid. I placed it as an adversary in front of me, always, also. A person has to know how after the chait, Hashem needs to be your greatest cheerleader in saying, it's okay, you can come back. But before the chait, prior to the chait, before you come to the place of where you're deciding, should I do this or should I not do this? Shivisi Hashem l'negdi that rachmanus of Hashem, the knowledge that Hashem will forgive me after, needs to be my greatest enemy. Because otherwise it becomes a license to do the Avera because afterwards Hashem is going to forgive me. Shivisi Hashem negdi neged. has to be negdi tamid. So to know how to do that, to know when to, when to place Shivisi Hashem negdi tamid because I've already messed up and I need Hashem to lift me up and to know how to place Hashem before me as negdi, as that which is potentially going to allow me to slip is a very big, 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 big thing know how to do that. So I bless you. I hope you bless me back when you know how to do it. Barely played any Naguna.
Kel Adon, Al Kol Masim, Baruchum Vorach Bifi Kol Anishama. God love it to Malay Olam. Tasusuna so vivim hodo. Keladon alcohol masin. Baruchum vorach bifikol anishoma. God love it to vote. Das <laughs> Chesed v'rachmim Malei chivodo Kel adom Al kol masim Baruch umvorach Bifi kol God love it to Malay Olam Dasus Vuna so vivimodo Kelado Alkomasim Baruch Vorach Bifikol Anishama God love it to vote, Malay, Olam. Das ist wunderschön, wie Kodesh, Nedar Chosu mishor Did <laughs> <laughs>
Stop.